Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, It's All Good. It's All Good. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I uh, have been friends for a long time. And I don't think we have anything to talk about of a personal nature. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think so. Uh, you know, the the only thing I would say is that uh, it's it was you know you're getting old when it's your daughter's thirty first birthday, and uh, it kind of hit me this week. Uh, it was her thirty first birthday, and like I just remember her as a baby, and like what the heck happened? So you have an idea how old I am, but what the heck happened? You know, that's what happens when you also uh, uh, get married and have children when you're 14. No, no not really. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. Like uh, mine are 32 and almost 29. Yeah. yeah. Where did the time go? I, I agree. I agree. So that, that tells you that we have lots of at least time of experience of being managers and in, in the working field that we've experienced a lot of these things. So we have lots of stories, but that's just because of the length of – it's not wisdom. It's length of time probably. It's the number of laps around the track. Yes. So let's get to work here. Uh, Greg and I have both been managers for big chunks of our careers. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development in every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and move on to the manager. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. So this episode, it's all good. You've had the same manager and generally love the place you work. Your manager is a good and kind person. They are encouraging and always positive. However, you are never sure how you are doing and how things are going. They have created a really safe place to work, and you would just like them to be a bit more brave. Recently, you were surprised by some constructive feedback from another leader that seemed to come out of the blue, and you now realize it's something others have felt for a while. You wonder why your boss has never shared this feedback directly with you before. You suspect they are not comfortable giving constructive feedback or providing tough information. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, first of all, this is definitely something that in my early part of my career, I was this person. I was the nice person, the nice leader who created the safe space and frankly was a little nervous and afraid and uncomfortable sharing the tough stuff sometimes. Uh, but what this does, uh, it, it uh, can create real turmoil. Um, you know, I have seen as an HR leader uh, having to deal with folks that after 25 years of bad performance and no feedback, a new boss comes in and deals with it and they can't do the job anymore because they weren't given the corrective feedback earlier on. So definitely it can create frustration. It can be, especially if over time you kind of lose your mojo, you're not really focusing on the right things. Uh, it can definitely uh, can create confusion if you uh, and surprise someone thinks they're doing a good job and they're not getting the feedback. And then in this scenario, which has also happened, I've seen it happen, is where you find out from someone else who happens to be a little bit more brave and share those things earlier on. But man, you know, all of us, I think, although it's difficult, would prefer to have any feedback, especially corrective feedback, early on so that you can adapt, learn, and grow. 
And when it's not given, it can be pretty frustrating, but it can be actually devastating if it's the longer it goes. So where I've seen this, where it's really caused some problems is somebody's going along and they get multiple years of, of like evaluations and, and whatever that looks like. And then all of a sudden they're ushered out and everybody that knows this person, of course, there's conversations going on afterwards. And this person goes, listen, I didn't know there was a problem. I always had like a pretty good evaluation. There's no specific things drawn to my attention. And so the people that are left behind are going like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, is it a personality thing? Is it somebody just being an idiot? And when you don't deal with stuff and provide good feedback, and then you get rid of somebody, it's seen as being very, very unfair. And people don't like that. And even if the person was a mess up, you should have dealt with it. You should have, there should be a progress. There should be a written record of what steps were made to bring this person along. But if you just give them a whitewash and all of a sudden walk them out, people don't like that. They don't trust people and they, they think it's unfair. And unfair is, it's very clear that it is unfair. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I've also seen the other part where people have said, finally, I've been working my tail off and this person hasn't done their role or this person hasn't been performing for years and it's finally someone's taking care of it. However, even in those situations, people feel bad for the person. And uh, so I've seen both sides. I've seen the, wow, what's going on? And that whole meets expectation, you know, when we have those ratings in the year where three is always the simplest way to go. Uh, and although you encourage people to be honest and direct and, you know, be more uh, authentic in your, your feedback, it's hard. And so I think this is going to be a good conversation because, you know, often they're good people, but it's just that they, they you know, need to strengthen that brave, need to be able to be direct. And the longer you leave it, the harder it gets. And that scenario that you just kind of put out there really resonated with me where, oh, they finally dealt with that person. I still think that's unfair because two years ago, if this problem existed, we should have started dealing with it. Or three years ago or whenever it was, all of a sudden, oh, it's about time you guys got rid of this person. But was this person ever really given an opportunity to address their shortcomings or their knowledge gap? or their attitude, whatever it is. And so, you know, I've been that person, had to let people go after, you know, jumping into a position. People are going, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's a little unfair. The person before me or the person before them did not deal with this issue and they should have dealt with it. Well, and I've also been in situations where I've uh, been the leader that's come in and had a really direct conversation and a person's gone from uh, almost out the door to a superstar. And the only difference is clarity, honesty, support, all those three things put together can turn a situation around, but it requires you to, yeah, say it's good when it's good, but also to say not so good when it's not so good. And, and what are we going to do and how am I going to support you? I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I, think, I think this is another one of these topics. It's just pretty straightforward if you're consistent and thoughtful. And you deal with you got what you got to deal with. Yeah, straightforward and hard because still, I mean, there are some of us that are just more direct and get her done. I would say you're probably more of a person who's just going to, you, you, you recognize that the most caring approach is to be direct and honest, respectful, 
but to deal with it. Um, you know, so our personalities kind of frame up with this. Uh, you know, I, uh, I am more of a, of a, you know, maybe lean to the safe side of things and know that I have to grow my brave and have in the words of my book and my language that I use, safe, brave spaces. But, uh, um, you know, there are others that are just way too brave, you know, and brave in an obnoxious, direct um, uh, way, and they don't have that balance of safe because you got to help someone get there. It's finding that balance, which is really key, which I think I'm really excited to have this conversation of how do we how do we be both safe and brave, and how do we make sure we have those direct, honest conversations with our folks? It's about being thoughtful in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what are some common sense things to support a shift to a more brave approach to these types of things? Become aware reflect upon and track your unease. Where do you hesitate? Where could you be more brave? And there's some sub things here as well, which I think need to get into the conversation. Where do I physically feel it? What is the emotion that comes up? Investigate why you think you hesitate. Ask what would be the benefit of being brave in this moment to you and to that other person. Well, this is really interesting. I just listened to an Adam Grant podcast with a person by the name of Annie Murphy. And she's just written a book, and we will have to put it in the show notes because I can't remember what the book's name is. I haven't read it yet. But her study is um, that most of our best thinking um, doesn't happen in our brain. It happens in our body, or it happens in the combination of our body and our brain. So what this is about is usually um, when we're uncomfortable, and when we're uneasy, if we're someone who tends to not be as direct with our folks, and even if you're maybe too direct, it starts with really understanding how do you show up in those moments. So tracking and journaling uh, where you feel unease and what do you do in those moments uh, and what's the impact of it just really helps you understand. It's not that complicated, but it really helps you understand what's going up and how you can do it. And therefore, when you, if you're someone like me who is more safe and really uh, shied away from telling the truth or, or being as direct, um, when I have that feeling, I take a breath. I know that this is something I have to be more thoughtful, to your point, uh, and be more direct in how do I have that conversation. So uh, it's just really kind of tracking how you show up. And th- those others that might be showing up too brave and kind of the opposite of it's not all good, the opposite is it's never good, um, uh, is is the opposite. Both of it is just understanding how do I show up as a leader and then how do I thoughtfully move forward. I'm always amazed, Greg, that uh, there's been a discussion and then there's a break and uh, especially if it's somebody I identify with, I have a good relationship. It's like, dude, are you okay? What? You are. Your temperature is like up here, dude. You need to go for a walk mm. and get some perspective. Go get a coffee and come back. You know, We can stretch out the break for a little bit. You are like up here. Do you not see that? Mm-hmm. No, no. No, I said, no, no. You need to calm down. You need to go, go for a walk, take a breath, get a coffee and come back and let's, let's reset here. And I'm amazed how many people aren't aware what certain situations do to them in terms of emotions and tension and stuff like that. And I've had to point it out to a few people. And you know what? I've been in a, a meeting where like, oh my goodness. And afterwards I, I left and a couple of people wanted to talk to me. So no, I got to go clear my head. I got to mm. go for a little walk. 
no, no, this, this, this is, this is affecting me physically. So I need to go and get my act together, then come back and talk to these people that wanted to talk to me after the meeting. No, I agree. I agree. And you know, the primary, this one, the topic of this episode is really about probably those folks, and you're probably feeling uncomfortable listening to this, that, that don't feel comfortable having those tough conversations, would prefer to avoid those conversations. It's not a good choice to make. Having someone who is a re recovering, um, uh, it's all good guy, uh, it's it's so important to be honest and uh, and it's so freeing because you hold it inside anyways. So this is why this first point is really so important is to just recognize where you're avoiding, you know, and just acknowledge where you're avoiding and understand and 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 just be thoughtful around what's the impact of being uh, uh, avoiding and where do you maybe need to step in more uh, to that brave butt. And we all want to be that it's all good person, right? Oh, That's yeah. where we want to be. It's a lot easier in the short term, but it's painful in the mid and long term. But it's enjoy enjoyable during that early course of the journey. That's right. That's right. Pick one thing you want to do to shift to having a more brave, direct uh, interaction with people. Yeah. So when you when you figure out, you know, what are your patterns? Because we all have them. Pick the first thing that you want to like. Start with the easy thing of where you're going to actually step into being more direct or brave. Um, and, and, and it might be something safe. It might be something around attendance or something, you know, where you're saying, hey, Alistair, I noticed the last few times you're, you're coming a little late. I wonder what's going on. You know, you haven't shown up at the meetings that you said you were going to show up. And I'm just, you know, I, I, I want to talk to you about what's going on. It's not, you know, th that's a soft way of having the conversation and puts it actually back onto the person. But even that is brave. Because, you know, often it's like, I don't want to deal with it at all. You know, also I'll work around it. Uh, but but that spins out of control in everybody else. Because if you're working around it for someone else and not having that tough discussion, you can be sure that there's a lot of pain going around your other team members uh, because they're picking up slack or getting annoyed that someone's not showing up. We got to do it twice or whatever that might be. Well, it's funny because that is exactly the truth. There's a dynamic here. It's a group dynamic. And when you don't take care of business... The rest of people see that. They're not happy about it. And when you do take care of something, especially if you do it in a you know healthy way, people appreciate it. They know that, okay, Greg's in charge. That's good. Yeah. And this is, we're talking baby steps. So when you know, you know, like who is someone that you have a pretty good relationship with and, uh, and start with them because it's probably going to be easier to be a little bolder, a little braver with those you have a good relationship. Don't jump into the person that you have the crunchiest relationship or you're maybe most afraid of and that type of thing because that will then blow up. Build the muscle before you have those tough conversations. But start, start small. Pick the one. And build an inner circle for support for your shift. I don't know how many episodes either you or myself say this. But our question, because we're not experts, we're just, a, you know, two guys that have a bunch of experience uh, and we come from very different places, which is why I like this conversation. But how many times have we asked the question, who are you talking to to support yourself in your development as a manager and dealing with some of the issues that you're facing? I agree. There is nothing more powerful than stating, you know what, I'm really trying to, in this case, I recognize that I sometimes avoid the crunchy stuff that needs to be said to, that is the most caring thing to be said to my people. And I'm recognizing that I'm, I'm avoiding it and I'm hesitant in this area. So this is what I'm going to try to do. Alistair, you're in a lot of meetings with me. 
can you watch and um, and give me feedback on where you think I've stepped in and and moved towards being more brave and where you've seen me hesitate? Because it would be great to just because uh, sometimes we don't see it um, and it's hard to hear it. But it's better to hear it from someone you've engaged in the process and even get some feedback. To your point, what would you have done in that area? What's the language that you have used? Greg, I don't think they need to watch you in a going forward um, situation. I think they already can offer you that advice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So to enable a more brave, to be more brave with your team and others, get to know your people, what they like, what they don't like, how they want to contribute, their strengths, and their opportunities and their weaknesses, I got to say. Yeah, you know what? Part of being able to be brave is to build relationship. And you've, you've highlighted this on almost every episode. And um, sometimes knowing what people want and knowing what their strengths are, their weaknesses, um, and being able to have that, oper- that discussion with you. Because if you've had a really honest conversation with them, both around where they want to go and what they need to grow and that type of thing, then that lays the platform for you to be able to have that discussion with them to say, hey, you know, in our last conversation, we talked about this. In that last meeting, this is what I noticed. This is what you did really well. I, you know, I see you really moving and strengthening or uh, you slipped. You know, this is something you, you aren't, aren't meeting the expectations. So it lays a platform to point back to. So it's not the person in particular you're talking about. You're pointing to the agreed upon expectations, which I think is the next one. Once you get to know them and know how they react and act, you're going to be better to be able to understand how you have have communication with them. And I like that, setting clear goals and expectations. And as people, sometimes they hear that, oh, no, not that. I just want people to work. But you know what? People need goals and they need to know what the expectations are. People don't like chaos. People like to know there's order, that we all understand where we're going, that they're supported. And setting goals and expectations is a way of supporting people. Some people really need that. Some people rail against it a little bit, but down down deep, they, they do expect it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is where you can reset the frame. If you're one of those it's all good managers, having a conversation like resetting the the stage and saying, you know, Alistair, um, I recognize that I maybe not have been as direct I may have shied away from having tougher conversations. Um, so I want to be here to support you in your success. And that means acknowledging the things you do well, but it also means calling out the things that weren't, aren't going as well. So before we do that, I want to get a better understanding of what do you want? You know, What do you see as your strengths? What do you see as the things that are getting into your way? Let's talk about that. And now let's talk about expectations and goals that where you want to, strengths you want to use more of and opportunities and weaknesses you want to strengthen. Let's be really clear on those. And then I will give you feedback as I see uh, going forward and vice versa. You can do that for me too. But having that, laying it out, just again, it opens the space for then to, for you to be more brave and which is going to help your team members. What I like about that one is it's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street because when, they, when you set these goals and expectations for them, part of that equation is what you're going to do to support them. Right. And it isn't just all on the employee where you're having this discussion because you're going to have to buy into this as well. And that means, you know, during this conversation, they're going to say, well, okay, well, I'm going to need a better laptop. I'm going to need, you know, you know, to work with some other people as well. And 
you know, this is a really, really healthy conversation because it's just not about the expectations on them. On them, You're also putting some expectations on yourself as their manager to make sure that they could reach these goals that they have, the training, the equipment, the technology, maybe the support from other people to get there. Right. But carving out that time up front, and I don't know how many times we've talked about this, having those thoughtful planning dialogues up front. And even if you haven't done it, you can restart it and uh, in the in the process that we just talked about. You can restart that conversation or reset the bar and saying, here's what I want to do. Here's why I want to do it. Remember that why. I'm here to support you be success, being successful. Uh, I want you to, to know when things are going well and what things uh, are not going well. And, you know, most people, I, I would say the majority of people want to know because there's nothing worse than those conversations that we talked about start out this where people are saying, you know, you got you to gotta go. And I didn't know. You know, that's pretty frustrating. And you kind of uh, hinted at the next one. Celebrate and provide constructive feedback early. And you know what? I love this line that you wrote here, Greg. Because if you're not used to doing this, there are so many little things you can compliment people on. And then as you gain more um, uh, confidence in doing these types of things, you can then you know, ramp it up and talk about the bigger things and maybe some of the things that aren't going well. But this is such an easy thing to ramp up because every day people do things that are good. And you can just walk around and going, you know, Greg, thank you for that. That really worked out well. I had a meeting. And it played very well. Yeah, no. And the sooner you do that, again, it builds the habit. Because the more you give positive feedback and the more you give constructive feedback, the easier it becomes. And and when it's attached to actually expectations and goals, you can then have a great conversation. Say, Elster, you know, we, we sat down last month. We had the conversation. Um, and you know what? Even this past week, I saw this, and I really think that was great. I'm I, I'm a little concerned about this, and here's why. You know, and let's talk about it. And so it becomes more of a dialogue, um, and that's why we often, you know, many people these days are uh, encouraging people to actually block off regular check-ins, and those check-ins might be every month, every quarter. Uh, but having those regular check-ins and just having them to be simple, what's going well, what's not going so well, and how do I support you in that? Those three questions are powerful because, again, it creates the relationship. It deepens the trust because if we're having conversations and you're giving feedback and you're giving support, I'm going to trust your feedback. And this uh, kind of uh, uh, ramping up. I think it's very easy for people that it's all good to do the positive things like making little positive criticisms, you know, like saying feedback, saying, hey, this is good. But you also got to step into those smaller, listen, we need to change this or I see that you did this. This is what I expect. Like something as simple as I know you're going to be giving me this stuff on Tuesday afternoons, uh, but I need it. I need it Tuesday mornings because I just need a little bit more time to get ready for some meetings or I wouldn't have it for the appropriate meeting. So uh, I've asked you to for Tuesday morning. So if you could make sure that that happens, you have even starting out uh, low, kind of low intensity, it's easy to do the positive stuff, but you really need to jump on the little things as well to get yourself into the, the, just the practice of doing it. And people get used to hearing it because people do want to know what's going on and, and how they can do a better job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I learned fairly early on my career, career that the most caring thing that you can do is to be uh, direct 
and and um, brave in your conversations with people around if something is going wrong and they're not, or they're not making the 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 traction that they are. I have had to exit people fairly early into a new role or or uh, or fairly early into a process where they just did not fit or just didn't have the will or the you know really could not gather gather the skill to be able to do it. Um, but how you do that is really key. Even if it's an exit conversation, how do you, um, it, sometimes those are the most caring thing you can do because it allows someone to find the pathway to where they need to go versus just dragging it out in those situations where um, it's not going to work for ever, anybody, including the person. And the next point is be kind with intent to build up versus tear down. You know, people will sense that you have the right motive, that you care about them that you're trying to help the situation and get things moving. And I think that's a really important point. Yeah, I think that's a caring situation, right? It's like, how do I enter into the space? And we've talked on the podcast a number of times, especially if you're having difficult conversations, to create space before you have the conversation and go in with the right mindset. And the mindset is to build up. Um, and build up might be to move out, actually, but... Um, but to not tear down the person individually, it's about helping to shine a light on what needs to be shone on and, uh, and to, to move it to the right direction. And I think we've already touched on the next point, but I think it does need to be emphasized is you need to step into the crunchy. Yeah. Crunchy is one of my favorite words, you know. And really? You, really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard it in this podcast before. <laughs> I, I have so uh, learned to appreciate crunchy. And if something is crunchy, um, that tells me I got to have a conversation about it. Uh, and it might be just that to telling someone, I feel really crunchy about what happened, you know, in that situation. And so I want to talk to you about it. Here's what's bubbling up for me, why I felt crunchy. Did you feel the same way and kind of having that conversation? So I'm a big believer of stepping into the crunchy because the crunchy is where rich growth can happen. Crunchy, respectfully crunchy. That's cool. And the next one uh, I think is equally important. Focus on the facts versus the story. Uh, maybe it's the benefit of being in a paramilitary organization for 22 years, but you know exactly what the conversation's about and it's about facts. It's about, you know, you, you didn't work hard enough. You, this was not good. You know, people are showing you and it's very clear what's going on versus, oh, you know, you're not a very good worker. Or, you know, I think you're, you're, you're slacking, you know, that, that, that isn't helpful. Very specific, uh, facts about why you're doing a, a, not a great job or a really good job mm. being able to demonstrate that. So it's in, you know, it's, it's there. There's no doubt about it versus some long story. Oh, you're the greatest worker. But, you know, even in that situation, like, how do you feel that I'm, I'm doing well? Because there might be some things I'm not doing well in that I want to know about as well. Right. I think. That, that emphasis on facts versus some overlying narrative, which really I find not that helpful. I've been in a bunch of uh, evaluations where, oh, else are you doing a great job? And that's it. And it's like, what specifically am I doing well? Yeah, yeah. And what things do I need to work? Like, I don't know about you, but I kind of like those facts. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And I think people who um, fall into this it's all good uh, management style are often people that uh, get stuck in their own stories 
as to what could happen, what should happen, or whatever, or or the stories of others sometimes to avoid things. And and so I think we have a weakness of moving to stories versus um, tapping into the facts because we will make stuff up. We interpret things. Our biases come in. So it's so much better to your point to stick with the facts and be specific because that's the that's what's going to help people to be in, in, improve or to continue to do great things is to be specific. If I don't know what it is I'm doing really well that I need to continue and, you know, the it's good or it's not good is not specific enough. Sorry, I was laughing to myself. Uh, I usually take those matters into my own hand and uh, where I'm in a place where a certain amount of the evaluation I contribute to, I always have all the numbers. Yeah. And build clear performance improvement, including how you will support them. And I think we kind of touched on this before, but um, that that clarity is so important. And, and knowing how you're going to support them, the things that you're going to provide them with, the things that they're going to have access to is so important. I agree 100%. You know, for all this conversation, especially if this is a tougher conversation, uh, it is it is being specific and coming up with a plan that is very specific of what success looks like and also what support I'm going to be giving you to help you be successful. Uh, often we have the conversations, we are more brave, but we don't put a plan down. And then without a plan, how do we point back to a plan to see how well we're doing? And things will slip. And especially if you're an I'm good person, uh, you're, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, weaken your, 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 your strength of building as a good manager who's giving really respectfully direct, authentic, helpful feedback to hold someone accountable. Because when someone's shifting their performance, it takes time because we're in ruts as to you know something that we've created. And, and so having a plan and following that plan is so important. But this is often a step that gets dropped when I'm on my journey to, as a leader to being coming more brave, I forget to put the plan in place that allows me to continue to be brave. And as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. Proactively ask for and contribute to clear goals and expectations. Yeah, you know what? Um, if you have a leader who is a, it's all good, take the lead and say, I want to be more specific around what success looks like for me. Because if they're not going to give it to you, then a great way of knowing what's good, really good is being really crisp and clear around what the deliverables are and what success looks like and the expectations. And then you know yourself. And then if there's ever a conversation around maybe it not being good, uh, then you can say, well, then um, I'm surprised because this is what we set up. Can we reset the goals if these aren't the goals and expectations that we set? Take the lead because sometimes you will have a leader that no matter what, they're going to be a, just a, a not specific, it's all good kind of leader and they're not interested in changing. So you set the tone. I am thinking back over my careers and there are probably three or four times when I've gone to somebody as a, a leader, as a supervisor or as a leader and gone, so what are you looking for in what I'm doing? And got a, and it's one of these, you know, it's all good type of scenarios. I never got an answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm the type of guy I just like to work, so I'm off. And a year from now when we have an evaluation, I'm going to have all these numbers and stuff. I don't know it's what, what you want me to do, but – 
I see a clear path to deal with some stuff and some issues and problems. I'm just going to go then. I probably had three or four of these conversations over the 34, 35 years I've been working um, uh, where it's obvious that we're at a, it's all good situation and it's, it's just not working. Well, you know, in the, you know, what's, what's the risk of actually writing down what you think and how you're going to measure. So if you don't get any feedback, then put a thought, write it down and, and then give it to your leader and the leader doesn't look at it. If they ignore it or whatever, at least then you've had a conversation. You said, "Hey, Alistair, um, you know." So here's I, I, after our conversation, I went back and said, "Here's what I think success looks like. Here's how I'm going to measure it, and here's what I'm going to do." Um, does that make sense? If you have any comments or any bills, let me know. If they don't let you know, that's fine. But you've set the tone with regards to it as well, so you can be braver yourself and be brave with your manager and set the tone on how you want to work. I was surprised by the feedback I received from so-and-so, and I really like to identify areas of growth early so I can prove, can we do this together? Can we have a conversation? Yeah, this is, again, the, kind of that same way of how am I going to show up. So a victim is, a victim approach mindset is, my manager is, is so frustrating. They will never do it, and they, I, I'm stuck, and blah, 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 or a volunteer or a proactive approach is to say, boy, you know what? I was surprised by this feedback. Uh, I, I, I want to grow and I want to put a plan together. So again, it's almost if there isn't a plan and you get surprising feedback from another manager, take charge and don't go in there. You know, you might be churning, go for a walk, take a breath and, and be solution focused. But be direct and say, I'm surprised by this feedback. I don't want this to happen again. I want to put a plan together. Can we do that together? I really like that churning comment because quite often I have found uh, in situations I've observed and situations that I've been part of where I'm going like, I'm getting this feedback, but I never had that expectation because mm -hmm. it's all good, right? Everything's all good until it isn't. And it's like, no, like I never knew this was an expectation. Mm -hmm. And so having a, a really good, healthy conversation after that, because uh, I don't know about you, Greg, but I've had a couple of those situations where, you know, I'm hearing, you know, I'm not hitting the mark. I'm going like, I didn't know that was a mark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So take the lead and help define the mark. And ask for constructive feedback in the moment. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, you know, there's that phrase that we've used, uh, a WWEBI. And again, that's a nice, easy way to ask your manager and, and actually to establish if it's not in your organization, say, you know, in each of our conversation, I just would love to have feed, two pieces of feedback. What went well, what's gone well, and even better if. And, you know, providing that framework for managers that tend to be the it's all good managers makes them think and also allows them to be more comfortable giving constructive feedback. Because even better if is like you're doing everything really well, but boy, if you just did this little bit more, it would be even better. So it's a soft way of training your manager to give you constructive feedback. So try that one out, WWEBI. I like that. And be kind with an intent to build up versus tear down. Um, you know, we mentioned this on the manager side. I think it's rightly placed on the employee side as well, going in with the right attitude. And, and you know what? People feed off us. If, if we're approaching somebody and we're going to have a crunchy conversation, but we're doing it in a healthy way and, and it's obvious that we're here to make things better and not just to complain or rip anything apart, I think that's important. I agree. It's funny because the last four on this list are the same thing. And we do the, this is almost on every podcast is because it's shared ownership. So, you know, uh, build up, tear down. The second one, is, the next one is step into the crunchy. So equally, 
if you're feeling crunchy about something or if it's a crunchy situation, um, say it. Say, you know, I, I need to talk to you about something. I'm feeling really crunchy about what happened. Um, I don't like this feeling and I really want to move forward into a situation. I need clarity around this, whatever that might be. And equally stick to the facts because we can, as, as team members, we can easily get stuck in our story and uh, or the stories that we've made in our head and always be clear about the facts. So here's what I heard. This is what happened. This is the facts around the situation. This is what I need clarity around so much better and easier, uh, and and it will be less bias-oriented, which we fall into. And I like this because even if you're you're basically calling your boss on them not making a decision or not creating an, a proper expectation, you know, this is what I've been working off of this email from you from three months ago. And so that's what I've done. So somewhere between there and here, we're not on the same page. So I'd like to discuss where we are and what you, you know, you expect from me and then a plan to, to deliver that for you to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, if I'm, I'm successful, we're all successful. It's all a part of that. And it's important for us to be aligned to, to make sure that I can be successful. And as a result, the team can be successful. And I have no problems having that conversation. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. It's hundred percent. And ask for clear performance improvement, including the support you need. Uh, I, I got to say, when I first uh, started having to evaluate myself and, and playing a big role in writing up documents and stuff like that, I wasn't impressed by it. It only took about a couple of years to figure out that I had a vested interest in participating in my own development and in, uh, you know, expectations on what I should be doing. And uh, I, I like that, not only participating myself, but getting this, you know, the person I work for to set some clear expectations as well. It's just so healthy. It's yeah. so much better. I agree. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're surprised by a feedback around a gap in your performance, you know, it might be from another manager, like our, our the example at the beginning shared uh, was shared, um, and and you're now having a conversation with your boss that that is that is a little bit more direct. That you're identifying what those gaps are. Take if your boss is not somebody who is going to lay out the plan lay out the success measures, lay out the support, take the lead and say, so here's what, I, here's what I'm hearing from our conversation is that when I do this, this is the impact. And this is what you'd like to see from an expectation going forward. Did I capture that right? Is it, did I miss anything? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So, and this is what success looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got it. So, so let me clarify. And if they don't write anything down, take the lead and write it down. Send the email to them. And then, you know, and, and you know, Alistair, here's the support what I would really appreciate with from you in helping me be able to shift from this performance improvement plan going forward. Why not take the lead? Don't get all stewy about, you know, something is there. Just say, okay, what do I need and how do I need for it? That might be really tough. You might have to go for a couple walks, especially if you're frustrated with your manager. But why not take the lead? Why not get the clarity up front so that you know what you need to do? And then, you know, if it's unrealistic or you're frustrated by it, then you can always make your own choice to find a different place, a different path to go. But often what I find is if your manager isn't going to be clear, take the lead because you will help get the clarity and you will help get back on track. It's funny while you're talking about that, um, uh, there's been seasons in my career where 
trying to get somebody nailed down was pretty difficult. But what I found by being open and watching, there would be a situation and they go, Alistair, really like these results here. I said, oh, um, this is what we plan on doing this year. Um, does that sound good to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, we're, and we're trying to emphasize this one aspect of it as well. And we're, we've got a couple things working up in that area. That's perfect. I, okay. I got one thing. That's, that's perfect. And now I know. And if you, if you're in enough conversations and you're listening, sometimes people might not even know what the expectations is because the people above us sometimes are just inundated with stuff, mm. right? But if you're open and you're listening, there's times when you sit there and go, oh, there's an expectation right there. Uh, listen, Greg, yes, we're doing that. And this is kind of what we're projecting over the next year. And, and, we've, and we're tinkling, you know, messing with something a little bit to make it a little clearer. How does that sound to you? Mm -hmm. That sounds really good. Make a note of it. You know, maybe send a follow-up email, give uh, some feedback a couple weeks later. Hey, we're on track, whatever. So sometimes, you know, you're trying to have this conversation and that's good. And I'd be one of those people trying to have one of those conversations. But at the same time, always keeping myself open for uh, where this, this little piece of gold all of a sudden in a conversation comes up, you go, that's what they want. That's what's mm. important to them. Oh, file that away. Let's work on that as well. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, the way we say train your manager, sometimes you can help build their skills by just through the questions that you ask. You know, to your point, if this, this is what we're going to do and this is why we're going to do it, does that make sense? And if they say, well, I really like that, say, well, what specifically do you like most about it? Because, you know, we're, we're then, and, and how does that help? So sometimes it's actually just by good questions, helping them get their thought process in place. Because in the end, the more we're aligned, the more we're connected, the more successful we're all going to be. It's when we're disconnected that bad things happen. Disconnected on perceptions, expectations, on deliverables, on even how we're going to do things. That's when big problems happen for us individually or as a team or as an organization. So the more we can be clear uh, and, and help each of us really be uh, more defined around what good looks like and what bad looks like, it, it's, uh, it's going to help us all. That's cool. Um, wrap up, Greg. Yeah. So this was one of mine, right? So uh, uh, because I one was, as I said, a, a, someone who was an all good person, I think just the, you know, there's so much power in being both safe and brave. And, and uh, when you're an all, it's all good leader, um, it doesn't help anybody. It actually hurts everybody. It, we've talked about it hurts the individual because you're not being honest and truthful with them. So they're going to underperform. It hurts your other team members because they will see the person who's underperforming and not getting the critical feedback. And then that frustrates them. And in the end, it's going to hurt you because you're going to have a, a disengaged uh, group. Um, you might have a happy group from a gee, things are easy, but you're not, you're not going to deliver the results you want to deliver and you're not going to help people grow. The most caring thing you can do is when it's not good, say it's not good and help them see what good looks like and then support them going forward. Uh, being an it's good, all good leader is painful and, and impactful in a negative way. So uh, learn to understand your hesitancy and strengthen your brave, uh, whether you're an employee or a leader, 
because having those authentic, direct, clear, connected conversations is so powerful and it results in a lot greater engagement than uh, just saying it's all good. I think for me, there, there's kind of two points jumping out. The first thing, it's all good. I think where it's probably affected me isn't so much uh, about behaviors. It's about expectations. And my relationship to the people above me, wherever that was, is, you know, you know, oh, it's all good. But not really getting into the discussion about expectations and what, you know, and then all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, you guys didn't do that. And, well, I didn't know I had to do that. But, and I think the other one is uh, having worked for people that might be in that category is uh, what I learned from uh, some much wiser people than me is that when I would go into annual evaluations, I had all the numbers. I know exactly what I've done all year. You know, coming from a paramilitary organization, we count everything. Mm. And, and so, you know, once you've been in that environment, you, you begin to appreciate why that sometimes is a very helpful thing. Mm -hmm. uh, when that's all you're looking at, it's not helpful. But uh, I would always know um, what my goals are if I had to set them myself and that I had attained them. And I would always have those numbers so that if we have a conversation, I have um, the reference material to have a better discussion, hopefully. And uh, I have no problem, you know, stepping up and, and kind of looking after my own fate. And I think it's a really good thing for people to understand what they've done that year and, and to tabulate. Um, your, your manager might not know everything you do. do. Mm -hmm. And you might be doing stuff for other people on the side. And so it's just so important that you you know, create a document or whatever, so that when you have these types of discussions, you, you, you can give them the whole picture. Yeah. Be your own advocate, right? You're going to be, because uh, as a leader, sometimes we're swamped. You said that earlier, there's lots going on. And so we miss things. And so it's good for you to be the advocate, bring those facts forward. And this is uh, one of the episodes that Greg wrote. I was looking at it. I think you've used twice as many words as I usually use in one of my outlines. Oh, well, that's true. But I am more of a wordy guy. <laughs> no, this is a really good one. Uh, Greg sent me over a couple episodes uh, on the weekend. This one just jumped out at me and I went, okay, this is obviously very important to Greg, but I like it too. It jumped out. I, I could really, it really resonated with me as well. Yeah. Well, as I say, a recovering, it's good. Um, uh, manager, it's all good manager is, is, uh, is, is part of my story. And, uh, and I think in these days it, it's probably even more heightened, you know, with a talent, um, talent risks, the war for talent and, and the complexity of the workplace these days, people tend to slip into the, it's all good mind frame and it's not all good. You, you need to be caringly direct uh, that and talk about the good, but also talk about the things that aren't so good and give the support on how you can get to good. We're happy to play a role in your recovery, Greg. Thank you. I appreciate it. So listen, uh, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope that we didn't say anything uh, that you found offensive or made you angry, but Greg, your philosophy. Yeah. Uh, you know, early on in my career, uh, coaching career, uh, my first coach uh, said that uh, in our sessions, there are going to be things that will give you joy. And these are things that uh, I recognize that I was doing well or I'm making subtraction on. And she said, there's also going to be times when you're going to feel a little peeved off. They're going to be kind of crunchy because they're, I've, she'll remind me of things that I haven't done so well or held me accountable to those things that I said I was going to do that I didn't do. And the key learning in all that is both in the joy and in the crunchy and the peeveness, 
there's beautiful growth. And uh, key is to reflect upon what what am I feeling? What does that tell me? And what am I going to do with it? And then do something about it. So we hope in these sessions, these episodes, that you feel a little bit of joy. And I'm certain those other uh, it's all good managers, leaders that are out there have uh, are feeling a little bit of crunchiness uh, in this one. But it's just what you learn from it and what you do with it. That was awesome. That was awesome. So um, I have the sticky. Awesome. Um, and we'd like to thank our hosts here at uh, uh, Staples Studio. Uh, we're dealing with a new crew this week. So uh, I met them earlier. It seemed very, very nice, very helpful. So uh, shout out, London, England. Mm, I love London, England. And I do have some people that I, that I used to work with there. Uh, I used to have uh, some travels there. So uh, that may be folks there. But welcome, London. And we were mentioning New Zealand uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Wellington was one of the places people were listening to us. But apparently in Christchurch, they're listening to us as well. So welcome to the, the club. We've got both islands, uh, both both parts of the country covered. That's uh, very good. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome to uh, the show and uh, thank you for your support. Uh, let's wrap up, Greg. Uh, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.